intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Burlington, Wisconsin, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am Ethan Guzman, and I'm reunited, and it feels so good. Once again, with the long, my long life, heterosexual life, made my Max and my cheese, my Johnson to my Johnson, the realest black man in New York City, Eves, the Cannon Sanon. Yeah, that's where I'm at, Burlington, Wisconsin, right now in on a secret top mission assignment at WORK work. <laughs> What's up with Chilling, man. We had the last time we talked, we was at our now defunct Times Square um studio sitting on one location, man. Um what's been going on in New York City, man? How's New York City? How's the weather? How's life been treating you out there? Not a damn thing. Besides terrorists trying to blow up the damn city, that's about it. Yeah, man, I heard about that. What's been going on? It was on Chelsea, right? On 23rd Street? Yeah, yeah, not too far away from, um, like, a little movie theater. You know, you're familiar with it, but, yeah, they shot this new damn bar. They actually did bomb it. They did. Yeah. But, yeah. But, see, one thing about... One thing about New York, though, when they try to bomb something, the next day everybody's, you know, at the movies or still eating out. You know what I'm saying? Nobody really, you know, it doesn't affect New Yorkers like that. We survived the World Trade Center. We survived all these little terrorist attacks, subway bombings. But you know what? We're still New York strong, so everybody's still doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what's been going on, Cannon Sandin, man? Nothing. If you hear the water in the background, because I am washing dishes. Let me turn this off. Where does, you don't have any, any you don't have any um, butlers to do that or like uh, maids or anything? Uh, no, Jarvis took the day off, so I decided to do everything else myself. Oh, Eve Sakan actually washes dishes? Yeah, I wash dishes. Give me a superhero every day. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true, man. Speaking of superheroes, man, a lot of superheroes, Agents of Shield, Ghost Rider, man. What what did you think about the appearance of Ghost Rider on Agents of Shield in the form of Robbie Reyes? Uh, I actually did like it. I mean it was pretty good. He they did a good job. Um I just was confused, like when I I was asking you, I thought it was going to be one episode, he was going to be in it, but it's like he's in the whole season, which kind of throws me off. Like, why the hell do we need him in the whole season? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, why does anybody have to talk so much? Like, Well, it's ABC. It's not freaking Netflix, so they're not going to have a lot of cursing and sexual in your windows and stuff like that in shooting. You need dialogue. I don't, want, I don't even need that. I don't need cursing or sexual in the windows. I don't, I'm talking about people just running their mouth. Like, these long freaking dialogue, right? Like, well, it's 22 episodes a season, so I'm sure, you know, they, you don't have to have filler episodes in there. I don't know if Ghost Rider is in every single episode this season, but he's going to be in the majority of the episodes. So, but they call it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider. Yeah. If he's not in every episode, I'm going to be highly upset. Yeah, well, I think it's a good, it's a good hook because it got you watching who you're not even a fan of it. So it's going to make a lot of people watch the show. I already started DVR. Oh, look at that. You DVR in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Wow, that's a first. Yeah, because I knew you were going to remind me because you're... So I used to tell you every time when I lived in New York City to go watch it, you didn't even want to see it. So now you know, now you want to watch it because the big super Marvel characters on it now. So you'll watch it for that. You won't watch it for your man Nick Fury, but you'll watch it for Ghost Rider. Uh, I did see the Nick Fury episode, and you should be happy. He's freaking Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider. Not, not, not Danny Ketch, not freaking Johnny Blaze. It's freaking... Uh, Robin Lewis. Yeah. The, um, was it the Charger? Yep, the Dodge Charger, yep. Like the Deuce of Hazard car, souped up, yep. Fast and the Furious car, um, Dukes of Hazard car, you know? And Blade car, matter of fact, it's like the same type of car like Blade. Yeah, 
Yeah, he he had that, but he didn't have like the motor on top. But he had the the Dodge Charger. He had that same car. The what? A Sticky Fingers Blade and Wesley Snipes Blade. Go look at the go look at the movies. He had the, the same car. Yeah. And um Vin Diesel in the first Fast and the Furious. That was his car. I thought he lost that car though. He did, remember? Then it got repaired. Yeah, I remember. No man. So Eve's the cannon standing, the man with the master plan, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They call him the Ghostbusters because he's he lost the soul. I don't know, I fucked it up right there. Um what else has been going on in T V land for you, man? You've been catching up with movies? Okay, just coming out next week. Yeah, what's your uh, Luke Cage? Um, has got a lot of positive reviews, man. Are you excited about Luke Cage? Yeah, Luke Cage is gonna kick some major. He's gonna take kick some major buttocks, man. I'm telling you. It's gonna be so dope. Watch. Yeah, I think it's gonna be real good, especially him and Rosario Dawson, who's like, who's basically the link to all the Netflix shows. Right, basically. Yeah, you know. My wife. Don't yeah. Talk about my wife. Oh, your 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 future my wife, your ex-wife, who one of your wives? What? My ex-wife. Your ex-wife, you and Rosario Dawson. Yes. What what you two could possibly have in common? You're not even a activist. What do you have in common? I, I live in New York. She lives in New York. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, you don't go to the same places. Please don't hurt my dreams. Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> All right. I'm not be in love with Rosario Dawson. She can love me back. My yeah. gosh. That's true, but you do have a strong, striking resemblance to Mike Coulter, Omar Epps, um, Dr. Pratt, um, who else? Um, Rod Black, huh? No, 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 that's Black not true. You can think of, that's not true. Strong resemblance. Nah, I, I didn't Thanks. say. I didn't say you look like Ti. I mean, he's light skinned Yeah, oh, he's skinny too. He's skinny too. You seen he was on some weird? You seen he was on some weird show and he walked out of it? Yeah, that guy. I forgot his name. He's a comedian. He's actually not that... Like, he's funny, but he's... It's that weird comedy... Not, excuse me, not Comedy Central. It's the um the late night on Nick um Cartoon Network. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Was, he was playing with his Johnson. And, yeah. and he was doing all types of little fruity shit that is not cool yeah. to a person that's not like that. You know, he's just trying to get kicks but see i kept his cool though which was like he wasn't really really like ready to get all you know yeah urban on the guy he was just looking at him like okay uh this is kind of weird <laughs> i don't know he might be like a he's like he's like a tosh to the next level like seven time he was what but you see tosh i said ti is like a seven time felon like yeah He's not gonna. He's he may act weird, but he's he's not gonna go back to jail for some stupidness like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, he got caught with rocket launchers and grenades and yeah. all types of shit. Like, <laughs> I think he was preparing for the zombie apocalypse, right? <laughs> yo, Ti is ain't no joke. Like that's a brother that's really about that life. But he wasn't gonna lose his you know freedom over this guy. But that guy's a weirdo, and he got that that, that punk ass Hannibal Burris on it too. Oh, you don't like Hannibal Burris? Now he's a piece of shit. He tried to. He's the one who started that whole shit with Bill Cosby. Don't get me wrong. Whatever Bill Cosby was doing was fucked up. But Hannibal Burris is the one who's sitting there opening his mouth and tried to and start the freaking process of everybody saying that oh, Cosby was sitting there drugging on women back um back in the days. Yeah, I didn't even know about that till like I seen that they showed that clip online. I was like, oh snap! So he really did do that. Yeah, it was, 
Tell her punk ass that did that shit. But <laughs> what? Who knows? Like, what the fuck were you going to gain off of that shit? Yeah. Well, I'm saying, but... I'm saying, but, it, you know, I guess if it wasn't for him, like, it wouldn't be... It is, you know, the way it is now where, you know... Did, didn't he get... Wasn't he guilty on certain things, or... No! They were too old of those... They, if people were starting to come up, they were lying. They, they were, um, nobody could keep track. It was, it was technically pointless for him to do it. It was pointless. But that's neither here nor there. Fuck Hannibal Burris and all his fuck ass. Wow, so... Excuse my language. Wow, so you really don't like Hannibal Burris. You want to start something with him? <laughs> Me? No. I'm not going to start anything. I'm a nobody. He's actually a somebody that people actually pay attention to. I'm a nobody. But you're Eve's the Cannon Sandin, dude. I know who I am, but I'm just saying that yeah, you know, yeah, Hannibal it didn't make any sense for him to do that. Yeah, that's true. Have you been um, keeping track on movies? Have you been watching movies, any shows, besides Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, first episode this season? I mean, I saw the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first episode, I mean, which I wasn't too thrilled about. If you want to keep going back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't necessarily see the reason why Ghost Rider is in it. If you want to be technical, just because what he, um, that girl's in L.A., that's why. Well, I think, uh, well, I think they were always in L.A., wasn't it? Or they were just going, I think they were, I don't know where their base was stationed at. Yeah, they're like all over the place. But, you know, now it's kind of cool because S.H.I.E.L.D. is back together now. They they mentioned the Sokovia Accords. They, um, the new director. They, something. They, they were trying to compare that, the woman android to Ultron, they compared her to. Yeah, Ida, yeah. Because she is a life model decoy. She's yeah, a robot. She is. Yeah, you know, and Doctor Strange is in a few. Doctor Strange is in a few months. I think that's really going to be good. Doctor Strange is in what? Say it again. Doctor Strange is going to be on in a few months. I think that's going to be really good. Yeah. What do you think about the third? Did you, did you see the third um, trailer for Doctor Strange? The third? Mm, I don't know. I don't think I've seen the third trailer. I'm not sure. I seen all the trailers look the same to me. Like the buildings are flowing down, and she pushes yeah. them. So they all look the same. All like. Right. Like, it won't look like freaking Inception, if you remember Inception. Like, yeah. Like yeah, I'm not trying to, like, get any so spoilers. Like, really, I know, since I've been here, though, I haven't really been on the net like that. So, I'm avoiding spoilers pretty much, you know, religiously. I haven't really been on the net and going on movie sites and anything like that. So, whatever I'm seeing on TV is actually what I'm exposed to so less is more for me so i, I kind of like being surprised and knowing what's going to happen you know like i haven't read anything no. about ages of shield yet like any episode the the you know episode two only seen clips of what's going to happen but i'm just looking forward for the ride man so you haven't seen uh the new deathstroke deathstroke oh yeah yeah I, of course i've seen that yeah you know on like like the facebook feeds like and um joe maganello is deathstroke i think great casting great casting yeah you know, not bad for... So what is he going to be in the... He's going to be in the Justice League movie, or is he going to be in the Batman movie? I, I, I'm i thinking the Justice League movie, you know, because I don't think they're filming the Batman movie as of this moment right now. And those are like test footage, so I, I'm sure it's going to be in the new Justice League movie. Okay, okay, because, I mean, he looks good. I can't front. He looks, he looks good. But he looks kind of similar to the, t the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks really good. He looks really sharp. You know, really big. You know, I think he's the perfect casting. Not bad for a guy who played Flash Thompson in Spider-Man and worked his way to Magic Mike and then sabotage with Schwarzenegger. And then now he's going to be a DC villain. So I think it's really good. I mean, they, they had no choice but to bring somebody. I think from what I'm seeing, I hear, because obviously you said you don't listen, you don't you don't pay attention to the sites. They're going to have most of the villains from Batman's Rogue Gallery in that movie. For the Justice League? 
No, well, the Batman movie. Oh, the Batman movie. Oh, all right. Yeah, they're gonna have the most a bunch of the rogue calories. Yeah. Oh, and what's what's your thought? We haven't even talked for a while, but what's your thought about the Batman suit? The one that looks like the owl. Yeah. uh, Night owl suit. Yeah. Watchmen. I mean, it's okay. I mean, not everybody's like. I mean, it's this is whatever. To be honest with you, like, I think he they did that on purpose for him to look like to look like um um, night owl. Yeah. Watch or owl man. You say night owl. (laughs) Yeah. I think they did it on purpose. I think he did it on purpose. But they did show it in the Batman movie. I mean, the Batman versus Superman. If you if you, you quick glimpse, they showed, they showed it. it. They showed um, um, Alfred working on it. Oh man, I didn't get to see like like uh, I've been avoiding a lot of spoilers, but you know, read stuff here and there, and I know the movie's going to be good. You know, and Wonder Woman especially. I know that's going to be really good too. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. So it comes out next year. Wonder Woman and Justice League come out next year, right? Uh, yeah, 2017, yeah. Yes, they both come out next year. Okay. Is it, or 2018 for Justice League? Or is it 2000? No, 2017, I think. 2017, okay. So they're both of them next year. Yeah. You, you know how we always they're, said... They're filming it now. Yeah. You know, and soon they're going to start filming Infinity War. Mm. But I think um, Infinity War is going to be really good. So you think the Defenders are going to be in it? Defenders, yeah. I think I think everybody's going to be in it. I have a feeling. Like the Defenders, Punisher, Daredevil, even if they're in for a little bit or show like clips of them or cameos, I think they're going to be in it. One or two? Uh, it could be both or part two. Like, you know, it's confirmed that the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in the first one. You saying you read that, right? Guardians of the Galaxy, right, right, right. the whole Avengers cast. What they're going to do is they're going to have like everybody... You know, I tell you, I tell you, it's gonna have everybody in part two. Yeah. Because you know, part one is not gonna have the major hitters. Because you know, they're saying that Captain America is retired; he's not Captain America anymore. It's yeah. part two that's gonna have every single person from the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, from Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange. Because Doctor Strange is trying to be geared; they're gonna gear him up to be the Tony Starks. They're gonna make him do. They're gonna make more Doctor Strange movies after this. I have, yeah, I think that's so what's gonna. Just depends how good this movie turns out to be, though, too. That shit has a billion-dollar budget. Yeah, it's a big budget. Hopefully, it'll be really good. Billion-dollar budget. What they're going to do is they're, it's gonna, they're not going to have, like, the first wave of Avengers. They're not going to be in the first one. I guarantee you. It's the second, the second one that everybody's going to be in. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm waiting. And yeah. that's in 2019, right? Yeah, I believe so. There's a lot of, uh, yeah. It says a lot of stuff happening. It's a long way away. But, you know, say 2000, think about it. 2016 is almost done. You know, we're already like midway September, October, November, December, and we're almost there, you know, by the new year. So crazy, crazy. So how's how's everything in your neck of the woods, man, besides terrorist attacks and, you know, shit with the job and how's everything else going? Everything is okay. I can't complain. I'm breathing. I wake up every morning. My daughter is fine. My wife is fine. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's it, man. That's 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 key. Those are the key essentials. And as long as you get to watch your movies and your shows, everything is a okay. Yeah, as long as everybody's okay, that's all that matters to me. Yeah, it's the simple stuff that matters. Yep, keep it simple, stupid, as they say for Kiss. <laughs> yep. Seriously. Yeah. Good. Good talking to you, Eves, man. We're gonna get on to the program now, and let's start on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. My guest today, he's a director, he's a producer, he's an actor. You've seen him in many movies and many shows. You probably know him best as Bobby Six Killer from the hit show Renegade. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Branscombe Richmond. Branscombe, how you doing? He mows the lawn. He does his laundry. 
cleans the dishes. He cooks. He cleans. <laughs> he drives. <laughs> he takes a shower. Yep, he does a number two. <laughs> he does a number two. <laughs> How you doing? I'm, I'm blessed, man. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good, man. It's such a pleasure to talk to you, man. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, and I'm glad, you know, by fate, by the fate of the gods, you know, we got the connection, man. It's a pleasure. Totally. I totally believe in that. Leave it in his hand. No. Yeah, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason, and you know what? Um... Just to call it fate, you know, we just started talking for a few minutes, and look at that. Here we are. We're starting the show right now, so it's really cool, man. Again, I emphasize, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And he picks up dog crap, and he cleans the toilet, <laughs> and he goes in, and he does it all. He <laughs> I love it, man. You see, you should, besides that, you should say he's a stand-up comedian, you know, he's a performer, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Man, so how's um what keep the fans updated, man? What's been going on with your life? How's everything going? Well, you know, this last year I did a series called Roadies. Yeah. And um, it was on Showtime. And it looks like we're going to another network, everybody. So everybody who likes Roadies, which is, you know, what's really interesting is that rock and roll might be an older demographic, but the younger guys are still rocking. And yeah. there was three shows on the air basically about rock and roll. One, mm -hmm. uh, one was called, uh, what, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. The other one was called uh, Vinyl. Was that what it was Yeah, called? Vinyl, yeah. And then our show's called Roadies. Well, Vinyl got canceled on HBO. Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll on Effects got canceled. And here we are, Roadies, which is about the guys behind the scenes. We are moving to another network, and it's all about how people watch TV today, right? I mean, yeah. remember this, maybe you don't know this, but two of the listeners. When I was growing up, Disney was Sunday at 6 o'clock, and you never missed it. You ate fried chicken, and you all sat in front of the TV with TV trays and everybody. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. Today, they don't do that. What's your opinion on that? Do you feel that people binge watch or do they sit and watch television? Um, it depends on the individual because there's, let's say, a person who is, is, is a... You know, it's a house mom or a house dad 24-7 and... Um, you know, the kids are in school and they're taking care of the house. Um, binge watching is pretty much a good thing for them because, you know, it depends on the show because there's certain Netflix shows that are eight episodes and you could binge watch eight episodes probably in two days. Um, there's also shows that are out there that are 13 episodes. You could probably watch that too. But, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's the change in the times, change in, change in the technology because there's people, you know, a lot of people don't have DVR or don't know how to use DVR. Or don't know how to go to on demand. So, you know, there are people who are religiously watch it every other week. But um, I think it's all subjective. It all depends on the individual and what they're comfortable watching. As for me, myself, um, I can binge watch a show. Um, I just binge watched recently um, Stranger Things. Pretty good show. I think it was eight episodes, I believe. And, you know, I absorbed it all in one shot. Um, shows that are, you know... You have to watch, let's say, every other Tuesday that they come on, like a like an Agents of Shield or any show on the CW or any shows like on Showtime. You know, you watch it and almost it leaves you wanting more. 
But, you know, if you're a committed follower to that show, you're definitely going to watch it. So, I don't know. To me, it's subjective. It all depends on the individual. But um, I, I prefer both, you know, to be honest with you. Like, you know, for Netflix, is in my fingertips. So, um, if I'm watching a show, I can pause it. I can go back to it. It's left on the same mark where I was watching it originally, you know. Um, I can go to the bathroom and do what I have to do. And I can watch it when I'm in the bathroom, you know. Watch it from my phone. So, um. It, <laughs> it all depends, though, man. Um, what's what's comfortable for you? What do you normally do? You know, I'm getting to understand that you can watch media mm-hmm. or content on your computer and on your phone, and that's what the kids are doing today. Yeah. Where yeah. the baby boomer, you're right. You know, uh, they watch 60 Minutes. They watch uh, the the one hour news at six, and then. They don't know how to find all those shows who've won all those Emmy Awards. If you watch the Emmy Awards this last week or two, you could, where were those shows being played that won? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Online, you know, Amazon shows, Netflix, you know, there's... There's, you know, the thing is, I think we're in, you know, people said there was the golden age of TV. I don't, I don't know what, what you call it, the golden age or the platinum age. But, you know, t- television is the place to be. You know, there's high high quality, you know, good writing, good television shows out there now than I think there ever was before. Especially original programming, you know, that we have. Like, you know, with Showtime, HBO, Stars, Cinemax, you know, you can name it. There's a lot of good shows out there. And, it's, and you know, there's a show for everybody. Not everybody is a Game of Thrones fan. A lot of people don't like that type of raunchiness. But then there's Vikings, which is on History Channel, which, you know, it's sort of like a Game of Thrones light. But, you know, it has good storytelling and it has compelling characters. So, you know, there's something for everybody out there nowadays. Well, we hope that everyone will catch roadies. Yeah. Um, and, and you can catch Branson. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but... Uh... Say it. Maybe. So uh, I did some wonderful voiceovers on a new movie coming out for Disney called Moana. Moana? Yeah. Oh. TV pilot. Yeah. yeah, it's with The Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, let me ask you about that because you work with The Rock. I guess this is your third occasion working with The Rock, right? Right, my third one. Yeah, Um, you worked with him on The Scorpion King and also, um, oh my God, um, Journey, right? Journey, yeah. Yeah, um, do you two have a very good relationship? Because it's like, you know, you, you guys, you know, even I noticed that as watching it. I was like, wow, he's working with him again. Um, how, how, how is it working with Dwayne? How is he as an individual, as a person? Well, I'm going to tell you something about Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson is a very intelligent, smart marketer. Yeah. You know, he went to college, mm-hmm. graduated college. Well, you know, I, I think he graduated college. I'm not sure, but... You know, he was in marketing, and he has marketed himself to be the number one box office draw in the world. Mm-hmm. Having said that, he's got a lot of guys grabbing on him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and he has his personal friends very close, and my friendship with Dwayne Johnson is, uh, you know, when we see each other, we, we, we take the moment to show our respects and ask about our families. Um, and then he goes on his way, you know what I mean? And I go on mine, but, you know, uh, the beauty is I'm sure if he sees my name and there's something in there, uh, and that somebody wants me, uh, and Dwayne Johnson gets the approval, uh, he goes, oh yeah, I like Branson, let's put him in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this is a business. 
listen, everybody out there's got to remember it is a business, and for most actors, your your window of opportunity to clean up and grab something that betters your lifestyle is a short window. Uh, I've been doing this. Gosh, hold on. Let me. Well, this is my forty-third year, and I've been doing it forty-three years. And make no mistake, uh, I've been blessed. You know, especially to be somebody of color in this industry, uh, I've been able to uh, forego a, a, a nice living for me and my family. And uh, you know, it, it, there's a couple things you got to remember. You know, uh, alcohol and drugs don't help you in this industry. Uh, making sure you show up on time at work and having a great work ethic and work hard. It, and chasing jobs when you need to go find them, they're not going to find you. you got to find it. Yeah. Yeah, but um um like you said speak you know being a like a minority in the industry, you know, I'm sure it's hard for a lot of people, but you know, as yourself, um have you dealt with a lot of prejudice situations and um does it hinder you from getting roles or it's all in the quality of the work? Like how do you, you know, be how do you feel being a minority in the industry? Well, first of all, let me say this. I'm French, English, Spanish, Aleut, Native American, Tahitian, Hawaiian, Italian, German. Wow. Okay. Born in Los Angeles, raised in a Jewish neighborhood. So, what did that benefit me? You know what? I learned a lot from everybody. Yeah. And if you're going to sit back and cop an attitude, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, attitude is gratitude. And if you have an opportunity and you see it happen for yourself, you're going to attack it in many ways. The way I did it for me, a handshake and a smile, and I said, how do I help? And, you know, if you want 100%, I'm going to give you 300%. Yeah. And, and that's how it worked for me. So, did I, did I feel that there was some prejudice? You know, um, I felt that maybe some people might have been not happy that I was in that spot because I got the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I think what I did for myself, and I only talk for myself because you got to be careful. You don't want to get into this whole thing like, oh man, he's whiny, he's gonna, he's bitching and complaining about this and that, da 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 da. Um, you you come to this world with nothing, you're gonna leave with nothing. Mm -hmm. So what can you do? How do you make this a better place? And that's the way I looked at it. So, hey, man, you got a problem with me? I'm sorry. That's your problem. And I'm not going to I'm not gonna address it. Yeah. So, is there less opportunities for people of color? Yes, there is. Um, the major minority that gets the most opportunity would be uh, people of, uh, that are black. Yeah. And then, and then probably the Asians would go next. And then it's the brown people. So, you know, it's all the brown folks, Hispanics, yeah. Polynesians, Native Americans, you know, that's where it's at. Yeah. But you know what, man? If, if, if you have perseverance, you know, I'm going to tell you something like that, Tommy. Uh -huh. Timing, chance, good fortune, persistence, talent. Uh -huh. When the time comes, you got to take a chance on yourself. Good fortune comes from your spirit, or 
Yeah. Persistence keeps the first three together. Uh-huh. Talent keeps all four of those things together. So, you and I know a lot of talented guys that are sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. Uh-huh. And that's not how this works. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have to... You have to be proactive. You have to go out there and look for it. You know, even if you're not the success that you want to be, as long as you give it 100%, you know, you're a success in your own right, you know, because there's a lot of people out there who's been struggling. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have different sort of dreams that they want to do. Doesn't necessarily have to be acting or anything, but, you know, there are dreams out there that people have that they're know they're, they're meant for something else. You know, they're, they know they're meant to do that thing, but it's just trying to find an outlet to reach that thing. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for a lot of people. So it's, it's, it's trial and error. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of consistency and there's a lot of disappointments and there's a lot of rejections, but you know, you really, you really can't let that discourage you. You really got to keep going at it. If you want something bad enough, you got to strive for it. Even if you fail, you know, you gave it a hundred percent. Yeah, man. I mean, look, uh, make it positive. Everything positive, you know. Yeah. Give it, give it your best shot. Yeah. That's that's all you got. Yeah. Um. How did? I answered your question about Dwayne. Dwayne is uh, a very good uh, businessman. He's become a very good actor. He knows that his window is going to shine for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And uh, he's taken total advantage of it all. Yeah. You know, I give it up to him. You know what? He's good for everybody because <clears throat> watch this I'm going to ask you this interesting question yeah actually what personality do you think Dwayne Johnson is um Samoan right anything else um and black that's right correct yep so Dwayne Johnson the number one box office draw in the world is Samoan which is Polynesian black yeah he he plays characters that color is not an issue. Yeah. That people go, he's the hero. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah. So, so having said that, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That, that is unbelievable. Yeah. It's because be- in the old days, that, that didn't fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That didn't fly. You know, and and now uh, the tolerance is overlooked in that situation because he, he is playing the hero. In the old days, if you would have said, "Well, he's Samoan black," first of all, nobody even knows anything about Samoa or where Samoans are, or what they're all about, or he's got a tattoo on his chest, or blah 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 blah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And black, you know, I mean, things between the black community and. Um, What's going on in the world is, is, you know, kind of screwed up right now. And unfortunately, this country is 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 uh, at a turning point, and I hope it turns for the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're speaking about the incident that happened in Charlotte, right? I'm saying I'm, I'm saying about it of all of that. Of all of it, okay. You know. Yeah. Of all of that. Yeah. You know, listen. I'm not a policeman. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe in policemen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, we need police. Mm-hmm. Um, do I believe 
believe it's shoot to kill. I don't really believe it's shoot to kill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe in... Man, there's got to be another way. Yeah. You know? Shoot them with slime. You know, like all the green slime you, you can't move. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like in Ghostbusters or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I mean, do we have to be killing each other? That's yeah, I know. You know that that's like that's like a judge and jury moment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an old saying: "Power corrupts." You know, and you know you're gonna have some rotten apples in the bunch that are there, and you know, not all cops are bad. Just like not all, you know, everybody who gets stopped by the police are bad. You know, there's circumstances that you know there's like three sides to the story: his side that person's side in the truth, you know, we will never really know what happened, but, you know, there's some things where you see on video, it's pretty much self-explanatory, but, you know, that's all I, w- I really want to say about that, but sometimes it's all in the video. You know what, here's what, here's what I will say to culminate this whole thing. Okay. We gotta love each other, man. Yeah. We need to love each other. We can't be saying, you know, I'm gonna undo that guy, I'm gonna undo that, you know, we we gotta we need to take care of each other, get things together, and uh, we're not all gonna agree. But man, I just I it, it hurts my feelings when I see these guys uh, being killed and uh, and go from there. Uh, and, and I I I'm sure being a cop is a lonely freaking job. Yeah. And and we're all human, so maybe. Instead of a weapon to kill, maybe there's a weapon to maim. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's got there's got to be something. Yeah. Where where they can shoot it at somebody when they're in the wrong. Yeah, I know. Like, that, you know, it reminds me of the taser. Like, what happened to the taser? Or you know, I know. Exactly, you know. Man. Yeah. You know. No one is super. Yeah. No one's superhuman that they can survive the taser. You know. I know if you shoot somebody with a tennis ball, you shoot him in the calf, man. That guy's going down because it's going to hurt my head. Right? Yeah. Anyway, that, that's it. Yeah. I, I don't want to go too much to that, but, you know, I just, uh, would like to see us all. And, and maybe, you know, someone's going to say, oh, you're living in a perfect situation. Right. Well, I don't mind trying for that. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, no, I totally understand, man. I totally understand. And, you know, to get off the subject to talk about you, because this is about you, <laughs> um, how did you get involved in the entertainment industry? Like, how did you follow your passion into becoming an actor? Well, my father was Polynesian, and he used to do all those old movies way in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. You know, about the South Seas. And uh, he just did a lot of jungle pictures and all that kind of stuff. And what happens when you have a parent in the movie? Uh, business, you get a first look and a second try. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not as good as your dad, you're out. And, yeah. um, uh, <clears throat> I had a failed baseball career as a young high school graduate, and I went and got a job as a bouncer. I was underage, and uh, you know, I was a pretty fit guy. And my dad said, "Why are you coming home at six o'clock in the morning?" And I didn't want to tell him. Well, Dad, at the sweet age of uh, nineteen, I, I. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, so he says, okay, you're, you're going to go in 
yeah. what you got to remember is, is that uh, I, I did all that stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. And, you know, when you're in school, at the time I was 12, I didn't look like a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. You was buffed? I, I was just, no, just taller, you yeah. know, just older looking, kind of. So I, I got in and I worked as an extra on the stand-in, too, and, uh, you know, the guy I was standing in for, his stunt double didn't show up that day, and the coordinator said, hey, Brian's going to come in, I'm going to have you run in front of the stampede of cattle. And uh, I started running, and the shot, you couldn't hold me and the stampede of cattle together, and I, I didn't want to get run over. Yeah. So he said, these are motion picture cattle, they're not going to run over, they're more afraid of you than you are them. So keep it close, at least two arm lanes away. He goes, they're not going to outrun you, if you fall down, they'll run around you. Oh. And then I got my first check. And when I saw my first stunt check, I go, wow, if I could do this every day, I'm really be a very wealthy guy. Wow. And, uh, I did, and then I realized, you don't get to do that every day. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and, you know, and, and it's all about connection, too, right? Because your dad was in the industry. Well, like, like I said, you got to go after it, man. Yeah. I hustle every day. I hustle every day, even today. Yeah. Right? Toward my career. Phone yeah. call. Reading. Connections. Work out. Eat right. Stay healthy. You know, it's, it's all a business. Mm-hmm. I'm a business. I guess that's the worst way to say it. Yeah, of course. You know, you're your own. Right. Yeah, you're your own brand. You know, you know, you're your own brand. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then um, you know, well, from, yeah. So then, from the stunt, from from being in the stunts, you also got into acting from there, right? It was just by you know the yeah, transition. One time, uh, stunt coordinator said, "Hey, Branscom, uh, we're gonna have you stay in these five lines before we light you on fire. And you go down the stairs." Yeah. So I set him, and the guy said, "Hey, you're freaking out, yeah. Try it. And one thing led to another, and one thing led to another. I was at the right place at the right time. I created my own luck. And um, I didn't have any bad habits that were not good for, for people in the industry. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, you know what's interesting as actors or anybody who works in this industry? you got to be insurable. Mm-hmm. they got to be able to insure you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If they can't assure you, you're not going to go to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So if you have addictions and all that other stuff, the insurance company's not going to insure you. Yeah. So the cleaner you are, the, the better off you are. Mm. And that's only business, right? I mean, the major studios who release motion pictures and televisions, I mean, they're major conglomerations and they, they need insurance, you know? Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, performers, actors, they, they, they kind of got a little world of their own. And uh, at times, it'll backfire on them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You can't insure them. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you don't even get in the room after that. You're, you're off the table. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They go, uh, we, uh, we want Joe Blow on our show. Okay? Yeah. And they do a little history, and they go, oh, Joe Blow's uninsurable. Go to the next guy. Mm. And that's how fast it goes, just like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then, um, like, from working, like, in the 80s, whatever, you know, you got gig after gig after gig, like, different shows and different shows. Um, All that was, 
it, it wasn't. I know some probably were by connections, some were not. But um, the, um, the majority of your work, like, how did you did you have to read for a, a lot of the roles to fight for, or you to, did you have to fight for a lot of your roles? Well, let me let me say this. You know, a lot of times I would get it because of uh, getting rehired from people that hired me before. Okay. okay? Yeah. And then uh, what happens is, is you get new people, and they this is a youth-oriented business. So when you walk into a room and the guy says, "So what have I seen you in?" You don't want to say I've been in this business forty-three years because that guy's bound to make that guy look like an idiot. You, know, <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> You're right. So what you want to do? What you want to do is just kind of say, "Well, you know, I did this, I did that." You know, the last thing you want to do is ever show somebody he's a jerk or stupid or whatever it is, because, like I said, that director who's created this project that may need you to be in it. <clears throat> he's trying, he's looking for his shot too. Yeah, that's true. You know, we we, we I did a movie with uh, Zach Efron called Mike and Tim the Wedding Date. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a young director. It was a young guy, and I walked into the room and uh, he looked at me and he goes, "Where do I know you from?" Yeah. So we got done reading it. Uh, he said, "Wow, okay, so you're 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 good. Uh, you you got the part, but where do I know you from? <laughs> and you know, I don't know. Yeah, Renegade, Forgetting Trip Marshall, Scorpion yeah. King. And he said, I saw all those shows. <laughs> I'm sure people look at you like, you know, I... Just like, yep, just like the Nike slogan, just do it, you know, that's what you have to do. There you go. Yeah. um, It's kind of funny that you say that, he's like, yo, you know, that story you were saying, he's like, I know you from somewhere, I know I've seen you before, you know, but, you know, how um, how young was the director, how young was he? He was mid-20s. Mid-20s, oh, okay. Yeah, they gave him $10 million to go make a movie. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. You know? Yeah. You know, speaking, you know, you brought it up. You talked about Renegade, man. Um, that was a, a good show that was on syndication. You worked with Lorenzo and Kathleen for a long time. Um, how was it like working on that show? And did you guys get along really well that as it showed on television? 
Well, I'll tell you what, I was a stunt coordinator on Falcon's Crest. And a lot of times I would have to stunt coordinate the stuff that Lorenzo was going to do. So when I went for the interview, they saw 500 guys for that part, Bobby Sixkiller. Wow. In the U.S. and Canada. Oh, my right? God. Yeah. And when I... When I got the job, I said, well, who's playing Reno, right? And they go, Lorenzo Lovis. I went, you're kidding. <laughs> and, and so I, I got the opportunity. Yeah. And I also got the opportunity. you got to remember, Bobby Sixkiller, he was written like he was Clint Eastwood James Bond. Yeah. Lorenzo's part was written as Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And I thought to myself, God, two guys playing Clint Eastwood, it's going to be boring as heck. Yeah. So I said, you know, I'm going to kind of bring a little humor to this guy, which is kind of my personality anyway. Mm-hmm. And after the audition, Cannell said to me, he goes, we love you, you're the guy, do me a favor, don't add lip so much. Mm. And I said, I said, okay. He goes, you know, I spent a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure out what you're going to say. Yeah. I go, okay. You know what I mean? I said, yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... So when we saw each other, you know, Lorenzo kind of remembered me, didn't kind of remember. But th- there's a, how do I say this? You know, being an actor is kind of a lonely existence. You live in your mind. You're constantly in the process of pretending. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's why a lot of actors, you know, they get, they get to M.O. Like, uh, that is weird. You know? Yeah. Because what's reality, what's not reality. And when when I saw Lorenzo and Kathleen, who was his wife at the time, Kathleen Kinmont, who's the daughter of Abby Dalton, by the way, yep. from Falcon's Crest. Yep. You know, we sat around and I, I said, hey, I got an idea about something, you guys, because I think we got something special. Lorenzo said, what is it? If we ever have a problem with each other, let's address it right away. Mm-hmm. And he goes, good idea. We never have to address it. Wow. Ever. And if you don't make this a family, you know, you're spending 16 to 20 hours a day with somebody. Mm-hmm. If you don't make this a family, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because if it's only a job, which it is, it's only a job, this is what you do. <laughs> but... You've got to put something of yourself on the line to make this work environment be better than what it is by collecting a check. Otherwise, it disappears. It doesn't last. It ends. Yeah. You know, we could have got another two years. Yeah, really? We, we yeah. could have got another two years. In fact, it looked like we were going to go another two years. But, you know, uh, it wasn't. that wasn't left up to me, but that was left up to guys at the top and contract negotiations and this and that and that and he brought a boom boom and then Cannell says you know what let's just let's just keep what we got and uh, go into syndication and that was that wow yeah you know so that's how I address everything you know on roadies yeah you know you got J.J. Abrams our executive producer you got Cameron Crowe executive producer our director our writer our creator Cameron Crowe uh, uh, Academy Award winner. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We, we, have a, we have a huge cast on there. Huge. Mm-hmm. You know, Owen Wilson, Carla Gugino, Rafe Spall. Yeah. There's a lot of people. You know, Ron White. We got 
it goes on and on and on and on. We got, you know, Lindsey Buckingham, we had John Mellencamp, we had, you know, uh, Eddie Vedder, big stars, Jackson Brown, you know, Rhodes was just, it's just the bomb. The thing is, is everybody got along. Yeah. There's a lot of love on that. There's a lot of love on the show. And you know what? It comes from the guys at the top. Mm-hmm. Cameron Crowe, J.J. Abrams, you know, they, they, they show you love. This is just not another job, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, good J.J., you know, you're thinking, well, J.J.'s doing Star Trek, he's doing Raiders of the Lost Ark, he's doing Star Wars. I mean, come on. Right? Yeah. This guy's got some big dragons to slay, and here we are doing this wonderful music show. Anyway, make a long story short, that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, bless those who have blessed you. Share the blessings. And the thing is, you know, you've always been consistently working. If people haven't seen you around, you've you've been in a lot of jobs and you're still working, you know. You're, you're like you said, you're hustling. You're always hustling, you know, for one role to the next role. And um, Rhodey's, you know, it, it got picked up and congratulations on that. Um, has wrote. Well, hold on, hold on. So we didn't get, we didn't get picked up by Showtime, but we are. I got to be careful what I say. Because those negotiations are going on. Oh, all right, gotcha, Stay gotcha. Tuned. Stay tuned. We'll be popping up at a place right near you. Okay, so uh, like like you were saying before, with um, Renegade and um, Rhodey's, um, how is the like you know you said the chemistry is great with everybody. It's like a family as on Rhodey's as well as it was on Renegade, right? Is it like a family? Like you were saying? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. You know, Renegade yeah. it was. The three of us. That was it. Mm-hmm. But on this show, you know, it's, it's an ensemble. Yeah, eight, nine, twelve, fifteen, sometimes more than that. Yeah, it, it's about the crew, it's about the roadies of the music business. Yeah, all the backstage guys. So it's busy. By the way, I don't know if this is going to be airing prior, but September thirty, October one, in Las Vegas, Bike Fest Vegas. Downtown Las Vegas, 80,000 motorcycles over a period of four days. Lorenzo Lamas, Branska, Richmond, Kathleen Kinmont will be there. And I'm doing two nights shows with my band. Oh, right. oh! Also, congratulations because you was also in the Motorcycle Hall of Fame in 2003. Congratulations on that. You've always been fascinated with motorcycles, right? Yeah, you know, I, I, always, I was king of the dirt bikes when I was a kid. <laughs> King of the dirt bikes. <laughs> what, I, what I mean by that is because I used to crash all the time. <laughs> the crash and burn. That's it. Oh man. Well, um, what is it? What is it about motorcycles? You know, everybody's like, "Oh, motorcycles are so dangerous." But what is it about the thrill of being on a on you know on a crotch rocket? What what is it? What is it so much about a motorcycle that you love? Well, I'm more of a V twin kind of guy, so Indian motorcycles is my, my brand of choice. Okay. I love Harley Davidson as well. They're brothers to us. We're all brothers of the V twin. The the crotch rocket guys, man, they're going way too fast for me. <laughs> uh, uh, I like the freedom. Yeah. I like the air being blown in our faces and our hair. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the old west, man. Straddle on, right off. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um. What else? What else you have going on in your career besides roadies? You have anything else coming up? I do. Uh, a thing called Surfside Hotel. Mm-hmm. We'll let everybody know if that's coming on up. Uh, if we get the order, get the pilot. 
Yeah. And, you know, Moana's coming on out. And uh, just to let everybody know, maybe soon here in the future, the World According to Brands come on podcast. All right, man. Um, can you give a little hints, hints about what details you might have on it? Or are you still in the embryonic stages? Well, I'm going to let everybody uh, keep a lookout for us. You know, the mystery is still there and alive. Uh, i got to be careful. I don't say too much, but uh, we're going to be out there in the podcast world. And uh, you never know. Uh, we might be producing podcast awards in Las Vegas, so we'll let everybody know that, too. Ah, okay. Wow. Inside scoop there from Brands. I appreciate that, man. Ooh, and you know, I don't want to keep you on too long. I appreciate the time, but I'll give you one final question to you. Um, what, what would the brand's comb of today tell the brand's comb of yesterday? Pay more attention. Take everything more seriously. That's what I would, that's what probably what I would say. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's deep. That's deep, man. I appreciate that. You know? And you know, you know, and I just want to say, man, um, it's a pleasure watching your work. You know, I've always seen your work in plenty of films, and I'm glad you're still doing your thing. And keep having that hookup with Dwayne, man. You know, you never know what's gonna happen. You two got to be brothers again in another Scorpion King movie. I still say um, Dwayne has to do another Scorpion King movie because the director DVDs are all right, but it's not the same without without him. You know. That's right. You know. And Bram can clean the yard. He cleans the car. He vacuums the carpet. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna haunt me with that forever. <laughs> Brands, man, I, God bless you, man. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much, man. You got it.